0: As the guest had departed the affair and his wife Joyce turned to her closest and dearest friend Janelle. "Well, I'm sure Billy would be pleased," she said. "I'm sure you're right," replied Johnell, who lowered her voice and leaned in close. "How much did this really cost?" "All of it," said Joyce. "$30,000." "No," John-El exclaimed. I, I mean, it, it's very nice, but $30,000?" Joyce answered, well, the funeral was sixty five hundred. I donated five hundred to the church and I give five hundred for the snacks and the food, and the rest went for the memorial stone. Johnell quickly computed the total up real quick and seventy five hundred dollars. He said, For twenty-two thousand and five hundred dollars a memorial stone, my God, how big is it? She said, Two and a half carats. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. So, uh, brothers, be careful. If you say these things to your wife, she might buy you a nice memorial stone. <laughs> <Amen>. <laughs> anyway, so uh, let's move on. I promised some of you that I would help you. How many folks do we got in here that's dating? You're not married yet. You're just sort of still out there. Let me see your hand. Come on now, quickly. Raise your hands. All right, I'm going to help you out. I'm going to give you a few lines, if I may, to help you along. I mean, uh, some pickup lines. I've heard, now these are Christian pickup lines. Y'all with me? <clears throat> It'll work for for Christian folk. So last night I was reading in the book of Numbers and then I realized I didn't have yours. (laughs) Another guy said, Honey, I put the stud in Bible study. (laughs) Another said, Now I know why Solomon had 700 wives. He never met you. (laughs) Another said, I didn't know that angels flew this low. I'm no Joseph but maybe I can help interpreting the dreams, or maybe you can help me interpreting the dreams I've been having about you. (laughs) Here's one my personal favorite. It says, um, is your name Faith? Because you're the substance of things I've hoped for. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Is it a sin that you have stole my heart? So uh, here's one that some of you can probably use today. What's your name and number so I can add you to my prayer list? (laughs) I'm not usually prophetic, but I can see us together. (laughs) And last but not least, how many times do I have to walk around you before you fall for me? Uh, Well, maybe you can go out today and and use those. I don't know. Uh, And if you're already married, don't don't try this, all right? (laughs) So we don't want you to go and, and, and do that and get yourself in trouble. But marriage is supposed to be built to last. And if you came up and looked at the table that we built to give away, you would find that that table was built to last. And buddy, you better have some strong backs when you got ready to move it. Because we put uh, some good materials in there, good strong boards, the right angles, the the right size screws, the glue, and all of that stuff is in there. But um, God expects our marriage as well to be strong. And we think we have a strong marriage, and we often say we have a strong marriage, but we don't go to the lengths that it takes to go to or spend the time or the money to put the best ingredients or the best materials in this thing called marriage, and we just expect it to be great and strong. All right, you'll get with me in a moment. Culture says that uh, happy marriage is an equation that is almost impossible to solve. Y'all remember, we got some math teachers in the house. You know what an equation is, right? One plus one equals... Hey, all right. And that's what culture, you know, and my, well, culture says the equation is almost impossible to solve. But women look at men and say they are simple. Men are simple. It's just like an equation. If I were to write it up there, one plus one equals two. And that's just it. Let me just go ahead and show you. One man, one rifle equals happy. One man frisky wife equals happy. One man, awesome dinner equals happy. Are y'all with me? One man, new truck equals happy. One man, hunting club, happy. You got it, man. One man, college football, happy. Women, on the other hand, are a little bit different. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Amen. The equation for a woman is kind of like the quadratic formulation. Y'all remember that? I mean, it is, I I can't even quote it, but it is pretty complex. And they're like, kind of like, add this up, carry the one times five to the cube root of 27 times the, you know, at the 10th power. And I mean, it's just, it is crazy, man. And and we ain't never going to come up with the answer to that equation. And so. Or at least the world wants us to think so the the world says the equation is totally impossible and you know women say well man they're just real simple boom one plus one and and you plug in what those ones are and he's happy and for you and I we like man we it's us and then we're gonna add this and she might be happy huh And, and so let me let me give you a good example But how hard it is to figure women, and especially if they're pregnant. Oh, my Lord. I mean, you just cannot figure out a pregnant woman. I'll give you an example. Say you go to a fine restaurant. I mean, you don't go to Crystal, but you take her to a fine restaurant. It it is nice, man. And y'all have a nice dinner together, steak and lobster, whatever she wants. And then the waiter comes out and says, would you like some dessert? And she says, no, honey, I'm good. I'm I'm good. And you say, "You Sure. I mean, they've got nice desserts. They're $17 a piece, but they're nice. Would would you? No, honey, I'm good. I'm good. And you say, well, I think I'll have the hot fudge cake, you know, with a scoop of ice cream. Okay. And so then when it comes out, um, she looks at you and says, can I I get a bite? And then you're like, wait wait a minute. I asked you if you wanted your own, because everyone in the room knows that that bite is going to turn into two thirds of your, and so you can't figure it out. And then, so she eats that half or two-thirds, and then in the car going home, I just ate too much. I feel bloated. Do you think I'm fat? I mean, I shouldn't have done that. Why did you let me do that? And you're like, man, I took you to a nice restaurant. We, we got lobster, and you know, we got crab legs, and we got all these things, and, and I offered you any kind of desserts you wanted. There was the fat-free, the low-fat, the, I mean, the full of fat, all of that And you didn't want none of it. And then you ate half of mine, and it's my fault. You understand the quadratic formulation, man. We just can't figure this equation out. Because today you carry the one, and tomorrow you carry the five. (laughs) Or anyway, I just (laughs) that's just how it is. But I, I want you to understand something that culture has said it's impossible, but it is not impossible. And I got you, you got to understand something else that that. If we do marriage God's way, uh, it's supposed to be built to last. Now, I want to show you something that comes out of Matthew chapter 19 and verses three through five. And I'll read this for you and, and then we'll talk about it. The Pharisees came to him, that is Jesus, tempting him. You understand? They were tempting him and they said, Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for any reason or every reason? Is it lawful? for a man to divorce his wife for any reason? He answered, have you not read? Uh, He who made them from the beginning made them male and female. He said, for this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife and the two shall become one flesh. So they're not only only two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no man put asunder. you got to understand, the Pharisees were coming to Jesus and they asked him, is it lawful? Can, Can we just divorce her for any reason? In other words, she didn't cook right today. She burnt. The beans today or whatever the breakfast wasn't on time or I was like, I'm gonna divorce you now that is the society that we live in today that it's kind of like just any old thing man just get a divorce and but the Bible says in Hebrews thirteen four, marriage should be honorable by all and the bed of the married or bed kept pure uh, the bed of the married is undefiled but now here's what the world has done the world's man you don't even need to get married just sort of live it up I call it shacking up but Y'all with me? So, now I'm not, now listen. You say, well, man, I'm living with the one I'm sitting with. Don't look suspicious. Now we'll know. <laughs> now now we, can, we can fix this. Are y'all with me? Say amen. I mean, I got a license to marry people, man. You, you know, you go, go ahead and get this thing right. Get it straightened up. But did you know 33% of Christians, that's one-third of those who claim to be Christian and that God is their Father and that Jesus is their Savior, cohabitate. That means live together. Now, 51% of non-Christians cohabitate. So half, more than half the population just sort of cohabitate. I had a guy ask my dad one time when I was a teenager, you know, and this is kind of cruel, but it is how it is. Uh, you know, because obviously Christians, you, you, you believe that you're supposed to keep yourself pure until you get married because sex before marriage is fornication. Sex outside of marriage, if you are married, is adultery. And so this young guy I went to school with came come and he said, well, Mr. Sains, you don't really believe that, do you? And Daddy said, I sure do. And he said, well, if you ever bought a car you didn't test drive? <laughs> now, I was like 15, 16 years old. I was dying laughing back on the couch there, but watching my dad try to field these questions. So... So we're not supposed to do that. It is a sin. I mean, the Bible says, uh, marriage, I mean, sex outside of marriage is a sin. But let me show you something about these stats. 80%, 80, eight zero percent of cohabitating adults will break up. 80%. Knows how quiet it got? Man, we, we we're making some traction. One in 25 women who did not cohabitate will have an affair in their marriage. One in 25 women. That did not cohabitate will have an affair in the marriage. But one in five will uh, have an affair who did cohabitate. Now, cohabitating men, all right, ladies, watch this. Cohabitating men are 62 times more likely to abuse you. Cohabitators are twice as likely to divorce. As non-cohabitators so let me let me finish this scripture up and then we'll we'll move on so the the, verse 6 of Matthew 19 said they said to him then why did Moses command to give a certificate of divorce and send her away he said to them Moses for the hardness of your heart permitted you to divorce your wives but from the beginning it was not so so did you know all divorce really is a result of sin somebody lied Somebody cheated, somebody stole, somebody did it, something happened, somebody neglected, but there were no divorce prior to it. So uh, is it lawful? Just because something's legal don't necessarily mean it's legal, you know, to smoke dope now in a lot of places, but I ain't gonna light one up. Huh? It's legal to get drunk, but I ain't gonna do it. Hello? Uh, you know, So there's a lot of things that's legal, just because legal don't mean you got to do it. I want you to know that Jesus Christ is full of grace and he's full of truth, and although the law permits things, some things, you know, uh, because of grace. Someone said, well, that's just the deal, brother. He said, because the law said that, it got lax under grace. My friend, you have misunderstood the word of God. Things are harder under grace than they were under the law. How so, Pastor? Well, I'm glad you asked. The Bible says, under the law, to be convicted of adultery, you had to actually have the physical proof to convict him or her of adultery. The physical proof had to be there. But Jesus under grace said, if you even look on her in your heart to lust after her, you're guilty. Huh? Are y'all with me? So... Man, that's tough stuff right there. So um, anyway, there are a lot of people who say, well, it it got easier under grace. No, no. You know, in the law, if you killed somebody, then you were guilty of murder. But under grace, he said, even if you hate them, you're guilty of murder. Man, that's cold. And then people are going to try to tell me tithing got lax because uh, of grace now. (laughs) That was free. It's not even in the notes. (laughs) God has joined again. I'm gonna show you something. I brought two pieces of wood here today because I built a little bit of furniture. I'm gonna show you something. This represents him and her. And uh, you see, when we get ready to put something together, um, we add a little bit of glue in here. Every good carpenter's gonna use some glue. And then we grab these things right here called clamps and we put them on there. And man, ooh, son. I mean, we're putting it together. You see, we're joining it together. And I promise you in about two hours, they can nary a one of you pull these boards apart. Are you with me? Why? Because when the glue sets, it will be stronger than the wood. Amen? And what I'm saying is, what is that glue representative of? It represents the vow that keeps the man and the woman together. And that's why it hurts so bad when we break our vow is because when you try to pull those apart, you cannot pull these apart once these valves has been set. Once, once this glue has set, you cannot pull these apart without damaging both. Wow. Yes, yes, that's crazy. I'll tell you this, I've made a few mistakes building some furniture and had to go back and tear stuff apart. And more often than not, you might as well just start over and get you a new board, because you're going to so damage one, unless it's really hidden or up underneath, you can't use it. And so it is when we make a vow, so let's talk about our vows for just a moment, if we will, because vows are so, so important. Let's look at the vow. When we get, man, I've done hundreds of weddings, and man, I mean, it's just amazing. We come down, you know what happens? We get all stoked out about the wedding, and we think about the honeymoon. Woo, we're going to be in St. Augustine tonight, running around naked. Stop trying to loosen y'all up. Y'all what you all up. You all know that's what you're doing. So when we get in front of the preacher, and there's, you know, everybody nervous and shaking like a leaf, and, and, and the little guy with the ring bearer did a flip coming down the aisle. You know, and that's all, that's the way kids do. And But you get down there and we say, all right, do you? And you say, I do. And you, and I do. And who's giving away? And he does. And you know, all that stuff to get together. And then we get to a point, the vow exchange, where we say, I want you to hold her hands, look into her eye, and repeat after me. You ready? I... Michael D. Saints, take thee, Kelly Renee Hall, you know, to be my wedding. And so we, we stop at the, at the commas and give them time to sort of catch their breath, but they ain't even thinking about the words they say. They thinking about the honeymoon. Y'all with me? Say amen. So, nonetheless, so we say, I take you to be my wife to have and to hold from this day forward. So, to have and hold. For better, for worse. Or, so, so, let's just analyze that for just a moment. How bad is worse? So I take you for better and that's all you were good with that but for wor- worse huh for worse i didn't know it was going to get this bad pastor i know but you you made the vow mhm uh you made the vow and so well I ain't, I ain't sure and then we said for richer or for poorer and and so how poor is it like 99 cent mcdonald menu poor or it's like me and Kelly, you know, the Winn-Dixie brand, check Cola, and, and the Kraken good, that's the generic uh, moon pies. You know, and for the first couple of years, man, we had to get a lot of them strawberry drinks and, and the moon pies because we just didn't have the money to do much more. Are y'all with me? Say amen. We would buy candy bars from somebody for a dollar because it had a Big Mac on the back of it you could get for free. Y'all ever done any of that? Well, I have. So so anyway, um, so, so, for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer. Well, how poor? You say, well, this scoundrel won't go to work. I mean, he, you know, he's laying on the couch all the time. But you said for poorer, richer or poorer. Now, I want him to go to work, but he, and then he says to love and to cherish. You know, to cherish. You know what it means? I mean to hold in great high regard. And do you do that? I mean, do you have that protection, that covering? Now, I know you cherish your cell phone because you'll pay $80 for a life-proof case so that it don't shatter when it falls. Mmm, I felt that one bounce back. <laughs> huh? Yes, yeah, sir, we'll buy an insurance plan on that phone because, man, that's our lifeline. But we don't pay a dime to further our marriage or to get better with our marriage. You just, Wait a minute, Pastor, I didn't sign up for all of that. Well, yeah, you did. You were just thinking about something else. Hello? To love and to cherish till death is depart. And we say, in sickness and in health. Oh, I didn't know. You see, when you looked at him and he looked like the Marlboro man with the cowboy hat on and the rope on his side and with a steer behind him and all that, man, you thought he was going to be that way forever. And then he got out of shape and got fat and his sugar got high and his cholesterol got low and uh, I mean, everything went crazy. Y'all with me? And now, you, you, you know, you having to massage his feet because his blood ain't circulating, right? and you, Man, your Marlboro man just ain't there no more, and the six-pack has gone away. <laughs> but you said in sickness and in health. Uh-huh. So I want you to understand something. When we join together, when we come down to that altar, those vows are the glue that is stronger than me and stronger than her. And when we put them together and squeeze that together, i want to tell you something. Man, oh, man, oh, man. Once that sets, man, it's going to be tough to pull it apart. I heard a guy said he had a picture of a man and a woman laying in the bed, and the man was way over on his side, she was way over on her side, and there lay the devil right in the middle of it. And another guy said, I got the answer to that. He said, Man, if y'all will just sort of get close together and just love on one another, you'll drive Satan right out of that bed. Hello? Honoring the vows that you took together. So um, the glue represents our vows. I want you to understand something. There's two ways to look at marriage, And, and so many people look at it like a contract, and it's not a contract, it's a covenant. You see, a contract is what you sign when you bought your car because they don't trust you. I mean, you went down there and said, I'm going to pay $400 every month. And they said, well, good. Sign this contract. It says for 60 months or 72 or 10 years now, whatever it is they want to sell you, that you'll pay us this. And if you're one day late, we're going to charge you $50 or what, I don't know. But, But they don't let you just say, hey, trust me, I'll be buying, I'll pay it. No, it's a contract. And it lays out the terms. But marriage is not a contract. You see, because a contract limits my responsibilities and protects my rights. Whereas a covenant, on the other hand, limits my rights and increases my responsibility. Wow. Are are you hearing me? But it is a covenant. It is not a contract. You see, a contract is kind of like this. You ever seen somebody don't raise your hand don't my I wouldn't even look around but had to have a prenup agreement you know what that meant if we divorce you ain't taking my fish tank and my snapper huh if we divorce you ain't getting what I worked hard for but I'm gonna tell you something I, I wouldn't even marry nobody a prenup so don't even come ask me uh, because what happens is this when we pour this glue in here and you say I do and she says I do and we sandwich you two together like that what is, these two have now become one. And what was hers now belongs to me, including her body. Woo, I felt that What was his now belongs to her, including his body, brother. Hello. So um, I don't belong to myself. I belong to Kelly. She don't belong to herself. She belongs to me. And what's hers is mine. What's mine is hers. And what's ours is ours. Y'all with me? And what's ours is truly God's. That's the way we look at it, anyway, at our household. So, anyway, let me move on, because... Now, watch out. I can't seem to put this thing down. If, if we take these clamps off, and the glue... You know, if something gets in here and starts to drive a wedge and tries to separate, if you're not careful, you'll let things get in the middle of where your vowel's supposed to be. Hello? And if anything gets in there... It's in the wrong place and it's out of order. It ain't supposed to get in there if you're going to hold this thing together. And these vows are strong because, man, this glue is something serious. Are y'all with me? Say amen. amen. So I take you to be my husband or my wife from this day forward, for better, for worse, for rich or for poor. Don't, don't let Satan get into the gaps. Don't let him create gaps. You know, uh, if you're not careful... Uh, we'll give place to the devil. Uh, the Bible says what God has joined together, let no man put asunder. Let, let me move on from here. Um, in, in, in the UK, there is a voice message on the subway, the rail, and it will say like this, mind the gap, mind the gap. And what it's telling people is when you get off the subway, there's a gap between the concrete deck and, and, and if you're not careful, you will step into that gap and break your leg. Are you with me? Say amen. I tell you to mind the gap. And I, you got to understand this. I'm going to try to tie this up, and I got a long way to go, but I'm going to get there. I got to understand this, brothers. My spouse is not my enemy. So we ask God when it comes to our marriage, Lord, deal with me first. And this is a tough one for me. Uh, because we say, man, my wife's going to be late for her funeral. That's killing. But as I'm studying, I say, well, well, maybe I need to learn patience. I'm saying, well, well, I am patient, but when it's time to start, it's time to start. You know, so, so that's to be continued. I'm not sure how that one's going to shake out. But. Here's what I do know, the Bible says, that we have to be careful about finding the fault in the without seeing what we're doing. In other words, you could be finding a splinter in his eye or her eye And you don't even see the light pole in your own eye, the log in your own eye. So, um, But our spouse is not our enemy. And and see, if I will focus on my own problem and my own crookedness, rather than trying to fix everything about my spouse, we'll both get straighter if we'll both mind our own things. Now, second thing I understand is this. they tell me that sex is war. Wow! So let me let me deal with. So we got to deal with intimacy issues. You'd be surprised how many times I have to counsel with people, and it's usually not about sex. It's usually other things that got in the way of communication that messed up what used to be a good sex life. I'm getting real quiet now. You've heard me read this before, and he uh, says. Let the husband render to his wife due benevolence, and likewise the wife to the husband. The wife does not have authority over her own body, but the husband does, and all the brethren said, amen. Likewise, the husband don't have authority over his own body, but the wife does. Do not deprive one another except with consent for a time, or unless you have a headache. No, 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 no. I got out of the word there. I got out of the word. Do not deprive one another unless you're worn out from work, brother, and no, 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 that's out of the word, too. He says, do not deprive one another except with consent. In other words, you both agree that you may give yourselves to fasting and prayer and then come together again lest Satan tempt you because of your lack of self-control. So when we got married, we made a vow to love and honor and cherish and keep and all of that, that we would look after one another's physical needs, their spiritual needs. All of these things come with marriage. Are you with me? So why is it, though, when you're not married, Man, you about to? Oh, man, we gotta leave because we, we, we ain't careful. We gonna have sex. <laughs> I heard a couple of y'all laughing. You, see, we're trying to stay pure before God. We, you know what the Bible says? It's better to marry than to burn. Somebody asked me why I got married when I was seventeen. <laughs> I, I'm not, I'm not suggesting that you ought to get married when you're seventeen. But I am saying it's better than going to hell. <laughs> So anyway, the, 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 you know, so, so we have to look after one another. And, but the Bible says this, um, that we, we have to come together unless the devil tempts us because of our lack of self-control. So you have heard this that said, the family that prays together stays together. Well, someone rewrote that and said, uh, the couple that prays together, plays together, and lays together stays together. Sex sometimes is war. It should not be war. The devil is the one that has made it ugly. God created it beautiful in the confines of a marriage. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Outside of that, it's sin. Carried it hell. You say, well, it's your old Good. Still carried hell. So you get it right with God. So the next thing I need to know uh, is we're stronger together. Man, I need to tie this up. So... Uh, we're stronger together. Here, here, you got to deal with it before it deals with you. Now, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's that you hang out with all your buddies all the time and you never give a spouse no attention, or she's running on the roads with her girlfriends all the time and never gives you any attention. I don't know what it is in your life. I don't know if it's, you know, you're, you're such a socialite and so much on media, everybody else has your time and, and your spouse don't. But whatever it is, got to deal with it before it costs you your marriage. We're stronger together. Uh, As I mentioned right here, here we are. Strong together. Now, now let me give you another illustration. It's right here. It's two by fours. Strong. Now, it's stronger on its spine like that than it is on on the flat side like that. Now, so if I were going to put this board right here, I mean, it's, it's, it's strong by itself. I don't have no problem walking across it. If I put it together, and now I've sort of made me a beam like that, it seems like it would be twice as strong, don't it? But it's not. It's three times as strong. If I take one board, that's all. I take another one. It seems like one plus one is one. I mean, one plus one is two. It seems like that. Yeah, y'all know that wasn't my strong subject. <laughs> it seems like one plus one is one or uh, two. <laughs> put it together. It seems like you got two, but you don't. Because the strength of one of these, I don't remember what it is exactly, but it's not two times that when you put it together. It's three times that thinking about marriage when we come down here i got we got the man here he is and then here she is we put them together and it's not him and her and now it's twice as strong it's him and her and god and it's three times as strong amen it's three times stronger and what i'm saying is this that you build your marriage it's not just you brother it's not just her sister it is when we come down here, it's, I'm right here in the middle and he's here and she's there, but it's not us three. No, I'm just God's representative. It is him and her and our Father. And when you put these three together, it is incredibly strong. Amen? It is incredibly strong. So, how's your marriage going to work? How, how long is it going to last? I'm going to tell you how long it's going gonna, it's gonna to be. How strong the glue is that's holding it together. The glue is your vows. How how much do you pay attention to the vows? Like I said, we'll spend a fortune on our iPhone. We'll spend a fortune on protection plans. But don't don't spend a $100 on our marriage. We don't take the time to prioritize a marriage group or a marriage retreat or a marriage seminar and it could mean everything I want you to stand with me if you will bow with me if you will if you're here today and you say pastor please pray for me my marriage could sure use some help let me see your hand everybody's looking around there's a lot of hands going up right now my marriage could show you some help. I know that God is able to help you. I know that God is able to do exceeding and abundantly above all that you could think or ask. So I just ask the Lord right now, Father, would you touch these marriages right now? Lord, would you remind them of the glue that was poured between them? Would you remind them that they've been pressed together? And as that glue sets it's going to damage if not destroy them if they are pulled apart that's why you said what god has joined together let no man put asunder so god i pray for their marriage today that it would be built to last and that it would be strong and enduring in the name of jesus